Do you ever wonder why some podcasts are so successful? Do you wish that you could replicate the success of some of the top podcasts? So do we. And we believe there is no harm in asking. So we're questioning everything about how podcasts are produced, hosted, and monetized. This is No Harm in Asking. I'm Eric Byron. And I'm Michael Kerr. We review podcasts and look for clues to why some are only five minutes. And some go on for hours. This week, we'll be reviewing The Tim Ferriss Show with Tim Ferriss. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration. Michael, The Tim Ferriss Show, this one's gold right this is well you got it i think we had to do it right uh you know is this this is the gold standard i I agree so what makes tim so successful well tim's just smarter than the rest of us i think that's the reason (laughs) uh i think he works harder and i think he's been given the the gifts and uh he's been able to turn the backstory of tim ferris into one of the best podcasts out there um, I know you worked hard on this one, investigating his background and what makes Tim Ferriss great. I know we haven't, you know, read all his books, but he, you know, he comes across as a very personable guy. He, you know, we, I think we picked it originally because he asks very good questions. So he doesn't ask long questions and they're well thought out. He knows exactly what he's going to do. Um, he knows exactly how he's going to walk his guest through the various stages of his very long two-and-a-half-hour podcast. All right, so wait. Before we get too far in, I think we need to make sure our audience knows who Tim is and his podcast here, right? So so Tim has this podcast just called The Tim Ferriss Show that he's been doing. He's got, well, to date, as we're recording this, uh, March here, 2022, 585 episodes wow. <laughs> right so um so he's been doing this uh his first episode was april 2014 with kevin rose was his guest on the very first one and he he talks about that in in one of the episodes that i uh, i love that i listened to three hours long but but he talks about his success and how he got to over 700 million downloads you know over the years and he talks specifically about why he his first interview was kevin rose who is a friend. He just was comfortable with this guy. Yep. Apparently, Kevin's a pretty interesting guy himself. And again, you know, one of the things we we love is when uh, people kind of talk about their relationships. And so um, in that particular episode, Chris Hutchins is kind of interviewing Tim, and they were introduced by Kevin Rose. Okay. So there was this relationship they were able to kind of exploit throughout the conversation. And Kevin Rose comes up a couple times in there. But anyway, so he's had this podcast since 2014. Um, it started out as the number one podcast. So when he released it, um, it was right, iTunes. In 2014. Back in in yeah. 2014, he immediately went to the top of the wow. charts. Right. And he went to the top of the charts because he himself had. Right. It was already star power. Right. Already star power. Right. So he is the author of uh, right. the Four-hour work week. Yep. That was his, his right. big First one, book. New York Times bestseller for like four years or something. Yeah. And uh, and he's done several kind of um, ones from that, right? The four-hour theme 
thing. And so, uh, so, and he has this blog, right? He's, he was doing right. this that was blog his first thing. that was really successful, had a huge following on the blog. So, so he stepped into podcasting with a boost way beyond what yeah. most of us will <laughs> ever hope to achieve. And at a time when podcasting was still new enough that there wasn't anywhere near the, the competition. I think he does these today. on YouTube too. I mean, I think they're, they're also recorded and put on YouTube. He did talk about that some in there too, that he, he does do some stuff on YouTube. He actually talked about the power of YouTube and its search engine okay. as opposed to other platforms and why, yes, you can promote your podcast on YouTube and you can promote your YouTube on podcast, you know, yeah. so you can play the two of them. No, I mean, he's obviously, he goes yeah. at all the angles for sure. Um, for a second there too, when you, you started talking about his, uh, you know, his effort and stuff, but also almost kind of the silver spoon thing coming in. I thought we were going to have an Angela Duckworth debate on grit versus um, talent, you know, kind of thing. But he's got both. I think he's got both. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, I, I, uh, I know we kind of split this one up, and and so I, I mean, I tried to do a little bit of background. I mean, but he, you know, he doesn't. He comes from very humble means on um, on Long Island, New York. Parents were had you know very regular jobs. His father was a real estate agent. His mother was a physical therapist. And while he grew up in the Hamptons, we all know the Hamptons as I <laughs> right. quote. Um, but he grew up in in East Hampton, which is you know kind of the working class district of um, you know Eastern Long Island. Yeah. But you know he was able to succeed. I mean, but he had some upper class, clear upper class friends that he interacted with, who got him into or at least suggested that he go to an a private boarding school in New Hampshire, and he was able to sort of combine his natural academic skills, a little bit of athleticism, and he was able to get, you know, he had to be accepted to this school. And then that propelled him into Princeton. And, you know, he was able to sort of leverage that kind of Ivy League thing. But again, you know, went to Silicon Valley after graduation, started working as a sales guy for a data storage company, and again, use really entrepreneurial, it's very, you know, or, or cerebral kind of things to succeed, right? I remember uh, reading something that he said that uh, he figured out that the best way to get in as a sales guy was to call people before the secretary came in in the morning and after she left, right? So he could, he could as a sales guy, get around them, he could yeah. get around the defense that the, that the you know, the yeah. call center or the secretaries were playing and get right to the, 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 the decision maker. And he's used this throughout his life, this, I'm going to figure out the way to get things done. I'm going to figure out the, the path of least resistance. And I think that comes from just basic, pure intelligence combined with, with hard work. Now, can everybody repeat this? Unfortunately, I, I think the answer is probably no, right? Most people are not going to be able to reproduce what um, Tim Ferriss has done. So I think but for this, some really for this episode, we, you know, yeah. so yeah, you've got to look at, you know, you're not, most people are not going to be Tim Ferriss, but what can you look at that Tim Ferriss is doing right to make yeah. your podcast valuable? So let's, I think yeah. that's what we yeah. dive into. We might as well hit this right sure. off the gate, right? The title. So we picked an episode. Yes. Go ahead and read for us the title of this episode. Right. So we picked number 566 with John List, a master economist on strategic quitting, how to practice theory of mind, learnings from Uber, optimizations to boost donations, the primitives of decision making, 
and how field experiments reveal hidden realities. I mean, I, I think that's the world's longest podcast title ever. I mean, clearly, he, <laughs> you talked about SEO. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think he's the, the king of SEO. I, now, not all of them are this long, but many are. I mean, I mean he does this. And the point is, as there's six different taught me. You know, yeah. Tim Ferriss doesn't do, oh, let's just focus on this one thing, right? It's for I'm, 20 minutes. For, no, you know, yeah. I got a two and a half hour podcast and I'm going to hit all of these elements. And he does, right? I mean, he's the master of timing. Yeah. You know, he, he he's broken it up. He's prepared and he knows exactly when he's going to move from, you know, A to B to C to D. Well, we talked about that work ethic and this was the one thing on this episode uh, in particular, I listened to that you could tell he really prepared for this. He's not an economist, you know, obviously a no. very smart guy, but his guest on this show, John List, is really out there. He's an expert and he's got a bunch of interesting theories. He's written a number of books. And clearly, Tim had spent some time familiarizing himself with these concepts and theories and his you know, academic research and his field studies, and he was prepared with to go through each of these. So I think that's areas. true. Yeah, but I, I mean, I but this economist John List, he obviously has done a lot of work in the startup community, and that overlapped with a lot of the work that Tim Ferriss had done in his early days in Silicon Valley. So they did connect yep. on Uber and some other companies that had obviously done, or Amazon. There was a yep. number of experimentations. Um, where they had, you know, where he, they both had familiar, familiarity with, you know, what they wanted to discuss. So it was really, yeah. from my uh, high level assessment, he was able to talk about things that he was interested in that didn't necessarily apply to things that Tim Ferriss had known, yeah. but he was able to tie in a lot of his experience with this, you know, even though that this guy is a, you know, a, a economist that yeah. many would consider to be the premier economics department at the University of Chicago. Yeah. Um, in, in so but, um, kind of going back to the title, though, so this is another case where um, you know, if we were going to recommend somebody how to do a podcast and be successful and the kind of titles we would you know, recommend you do, right. we would not recommend, we would not recommend a 40-word you know, yeah, you know, and don't take on six different topics in yeah. one podcast you know, for two and a half hours. For two and a half hours. You know, right. Pick three. Uh, you know, that you think are the most interesting, yeah. uh, you know, do a 25 minute podcast, you know, call it a day and people can pick and choose, yeah. you know, because if I'm interested in, you know, pick one. Oh, if I'm interested yeah. in optimizations to boost donations, that is quite different than learnings from Uber. Right. Yeah. Although he was able to make a transition on this one. But yeah. again, I mean, everything we know about podcasting is focus on one individual thing and, you know, go yeah, yeah, deep yeah. dive. And so that people can find that and go, that's the one I want to yeah. listen to now. And by the way, just for the record, right? So you, you had that kind of list that's in the title, but I went through um, a transcript and pulled out all of the different topics that I was able to identify where they clearly were kind of shifting either by um, Tim's questions or, well, mostly by Tim's questions. Um, and he would shift gears on what he was asking John about. I found 30 unique wow 30 um topics in here right so clawback incentives harnessing loss aversion fundraising and charitable donations tipping uber story apologies um a theme called uh, very nice people or very few nice people um critical thinking theory of mind primitives of decision making there was a poker analogy yep. and, and casinos um the voltage effect 
credibility crisis and big data, the silver bullet problem, scaling, spillage, paired incentives, and four sec and then finally getting into the four secrets of high voltage. So, you know, this is, uh, oh wait, that wasn't even the end of the, there, there's more. Um, it goes on and on and on. The thing is though, so how do you tell Tim Ferriss, who's had 700 plus million downloads that, you know, he's going at this wrong, that he shouldn't do a two and a half hour episode because he has other ones. So I, mean, I guess I don't. Three, yeah. four hours long, right? So I don't, I think, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think it's easy to get this guy, you know, so it's very difficult to get, you know, I don't know what, I'm assuming John List is a busy guy, right? As a professor at a major university and based on all of this knowledge yeah. that he possesses, I'm thinking he's got a pretty full dance card. Yep. So for Tim Ferriss to get him for two and a half hours, he knows, hey, I got this guy for you know two and a half hours. I'm going to pump him full of questions on all of his specialties. And I, so yeah, maybe he's doing the right thing. He, you know, you and I have talked about this before. Tim Ferriss does not go after, again, the, you know, A-list celebrities, um, famous people. He loves guys like John List, who are obviously people who, with a wide range of knowledge on you know, these various different topics. And yeah. he can stream this together in a two and a half hour conversation that takes somebody from you know, point A to point Z and pull it all together. I don't think most people can do this. And if most people can't do it, then clearly Tim Ferriss you know, should be yeah. the guy that, that does it. And yeah. um, Now, I do want to point out though, you know, he, he does get some really famous people on his show. His recent guests, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Jane McGonigal, who's the uh, author and, and game designer. She's been on several times, by okay. the way. Matt Mullenweg, who's the creator of WordPress. Um, Hugh Jackman. Okay, there you go. Okay. Yeah, Margaret Atwood I yeah. saw was, you, yeah. know, you know. I'm not even gonna have to say, I think, who Hugh Jackman <laughs> is. And Morgan Housel, I guess is how you pronounce that. He's the author of Psychology of Money which is a very popular book, um, done very, very well. So yes, he does have this mixture of famous people and not so famous people. And by his own telling of it, he thinks most of his best episodes are the ones who are not so well known, people with just really interesting, particular niche expertise in something. And I thought this was really interesting and, and telling about Tim and his attitude towards his podcast, right, is he only wants to interview people who he finds interesting, right? That's a topic he wants to talk yep. about. So, and, and I think this is why you also see he can spend that time um, researching and preparing because he's interested, right? right? He, these but are he's also he bright really and, he is, and he is able to do it. Most people, oh, yeah. most people would struggle, I think, yeah. to be able to interview an enormously wide range of people at the depth that yeah. Tim Ferriss is able to do it. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not sure I can think of anybody yeah. else, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't know, but he also, um, he did comment, say, in this other episode that's about his success three hours long um, and how he got there. And he did admit that he also has really good recall. So he can spend, you know, hours or days preparing, but during an interview, you know, right. the stuff is popping in his head. Yeah. He recalls all this stuff that he's read and connects the dots and somebody will say something that triggers and he goes, oh yeah, that's right. I remember there was a story about, you know, whatever, right? And so, uh, so he has really good recall. But he also talked a lot about how, in fact, he started podcasting because he wanted to hone his interview skills 
because he said, you know, he uses that in, in his book writing as well. And, and even for the blogs, right? He, he's always had to interview people, but, but this was different, right? It's yeah. recorded, you know, you're hearing it, even if it's not live, right? It's still, it's a different kind of medium. And he really wanted to practice that skill and so, so over these last you know, eight years or whatever, he has really focused on that. The other thing that I... I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think we, you know, we we're, I know we're trying to build a business around the, the power of interview or the planning yeah. aspects. Yeah. Um, the importance of The importance questions. of good questions and, the import, and, and, and how much structure is important. Yeah. And the fact that he wanted to improve upon it. And, you know, we've been interviewing, uh, you know, we've been listening to various things. Yeah. And people think they're good at it, right? And people yes. give, you know, they, oh, yeah, we, I led this panel or I did this interview. And people came up to me at the end and said it was great. And it's not. Right. Like, yeah, you know, I, I think that or it could be better. It could be better. It could be yeah. a lot better. Or, and so I, I like yeah. the fact that you brought up the fact yeah. that, um, that Tim Ferriss yeah. absolutely agrees that and this, the other is, this thing is a skill I, to learn. I loved about his advice for other folks who are on this path like us, right? Just getting new at this is he said um, he doesn't necessarily listen to his own podcast recordings, <laughs> but he reads every transcript and he goes through them in detail to see how well um, he did in terms of the, you know, the questions and yeah. the timing and um, his speaking, when he's speaking, is he speaking clearly and concisely? And also to some degree learning from his guests as well, right? And how well do they communicate? How well are they speaking? And that uh, this was another thing I, I loved that made so much sense to me is he felt it was so important that his guests sound good, yeah. that he, he helps promote them, particularly if you've got these folks who are not A-listers, right? Um, this is really important. They get a chance to be on the Tim Ferriss show. They want to knock it out of the park, right? They want to sound good and smart. And, right. I and, like, you know, I know you he, discussed this earlier where yeah, he yeah. would take out if they were consistently saying ums or they had some sort yes, of unique he things. Edits he would, out he would edit out the small their, their things. Yeah. And, uh, and, and stuff to make them sound better. That's, I mean, that's um, particularly good advice. I mean, uh, it is. If you it are is. going, you want I know there's guests I know, to be I've, so happy to have been on your show and feel that it's served them well. They got to tell their story. They sounded articulate. And he helps them. He really, really wants to help them do that. Yeah, we talk a lot yeah. about overproduction, but if you're going, I mean, there is, and this is the one area where I think tremendous value can be added to a podcast by just taking out these little items that, yep. you know, would just annoy. You know the, yeah. the common lister and make I your, do it for and you make, all the time. And now you Mike. do it for all the make my <laughs> guests make your guests look great. I, uh, yeah. So uh, yes, you and I we edit out a lot of stuff. Anyway, so that I think there's so many good things that he does, and they're they're intentional. Yeah. Right. That's the other thing. There's there's very little that's really random about the way he structures his interviews, and you know, and I'll admit, you know, when I first looked at you know, two and a half hours, oh, I, I thought, oh, just shoot me in the head. Exactly. I don't have time for this. But I got partway through this one, and, you know, economics isn't even really my thing, but there was, it was so well done that I wanted to keep listening. And I thought this was such a great uh, way to describe it. He called it the, um, what he's going for, um, he called it the, uh, the driveway effect, okay? So this is, um, he said, you're listening to a podcast during your commute and you get home and there's 10 minutes left and you sit in the driveway to listen to the end of it. It's so good you don't want to turn it off. And he said that's what he's going for. He wants, even if it's two and a half hours, 
He wants it to be so good that you can't turn it off. Um, you wait for the end. But you, you could know, do impressed. part one, part two. I mean, do you, do you disagree? Do we see this ever? I mean, I, I don't I, know if I see a lot of part one. Part, I mean, I think you could do it. Yeah. Well, and as we've discussed, you know, before too, there's there are no rules, right? Yeah, there's no so rules. So why couldn't you do this as part one, part two, part three, and right? So two and a half hours, break this into three segments, and then publish them all at the same time. Oh yeah. Right. You don't have to publish them, you know, one day after no, no, another. Part. Right. You just publish all three on the same day and say, here, this one's in three parts. And I would think that this would please his sponsors and the advertisers because now yeah, he, he gets can have three. Ads. He gets three ads, three, right? He has one episodes, in the beginning, one in the middle. Right. But now he get not, you know, you break it into three. Right. You get nine ads as opposed to three. And his ads, I, I will say, right now, two and a half hours, yes, but there was more than ten minutes of advertising time in there. Um, True. Five minutes at the beginning. So this also breaks a major rule for me, right? We've talked about this, and again, this number's arbitrary, it's just in my head, but for me, three minutes is kind of my toleration zone, right? If if I'm listening to something, as JLD would say, you know, I don't have a value bomb, right? In, in three minutes, there's no redeeming value for me. I'm ready to tune out, right? And he starts right out with five minutes of advertising. So well, I've never heard of mushroom yeah. coffee. So, you know, I was, I was, I, I <laughs> listened to the whole, I would listen okay. to the whole thing because I it had no idea what it was. The ad at the, at the tail end went on for, I think. Another five minutes. An eon. I felt yeah, the, the mushroom minutes, coffee at the was, beginning yeah, was right. tolerable. The yeah. one at the end, I, uh, boy, that just... Yeah, that was it for me. Yeah. Um, so in the middle, there's all that was a shorter segment in there. Um, I think it was 90 seconds I timed. Uh, that was ads in the middle. That's common. I, you know, no problem with that. But he but reads the, them yeah. all. I mean, it's it was it was more he tolerable. Yep. Unlike say the mini driver one, uh, right. where it was you know obviously somebody else and it was completely unrelated to her. You could clearly see yep. that they yep. were stuck in. Uh, I seem to be able to tolerate the ones from Tim just because it was his own voice. Yeah. He's got a quite pleasant voice. Um, well, it's more personable. Very right? personable. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I agree I was with willing that. To, I was willing to tolerate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, We're you know, trying to encourage people to look at these things and decide what you want to do. Our advice would be don't start your episode with five minutes of commercials. Yeah, he doesn't even have a lead in any sort of music to lead in. So he le- he kicks yep. in. You would think Tim Ferriss, uh, you know, yeah. guy's worth a gazillion dollars. You pay somebody to write you a nice little, <laughs> you know, little jingle. ditty jingle yep. Yep. to lead in um, yep. that everybody knows that this is this is the Tim Ferriss show. But no, you know, yep. he goes right in with the mushroom coffee and you know and into the interview. So yeah. all power to him. I know you've done some research on Tim. He's He's a no frills guy. It's all about the content. It's and it's not about spending wasteful money. Yeah. So uh, maybe this is his theory, but I like a jingle, so yeah. uh, uh, or a little bit of sax, as you know. So uh, <laughs> a little bit of sax, yeah. Um, um, I also thought it was interesting, you know, going back to kind of this thing about famous versus not so famous. His first really pedigree guests didn't appear until about a hundred episodes in to his uh, podcasting run here. So so he had quite a run before he had built up his podcast to the point where he was starting to get these these guys on. And I also thought you know, his advice 
was don't go after A-listers. Said it's generally not worth the hassle. Right. Said you can spend a year sometimes talking to lawyers and agents and PR guys and you know whoever um, trying to schedule this thing and agree on the terms and what we're going to talk about. He said it's just it's a nightmare. Yeah. I'm um, trying to get these people on. So uh, his advice was, yeah, certainly don't start that way. Do not try and go after A-listers. Oh, and by the way, that 100th episode was Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah, that was his first really uh, A-lister that I spotted. Again, we mentioned no music. He doesn't interject with anything. This is a straight two and a half hour conversation. And really, and the takeaway is that preparation is what makes it successful. But I also, uh, sorry, no, we, we also haven't talked about the fact that not all of his episodes are these marathon right. two yes, and a half hour ones, know. right? So he does, I mean, even as short as like 10 minutes. So he he's not stuck on this format. He mixes it up. You'll see 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 50 minutes. He focuses on the content. What does it need? <laughs> if it's great content and it goes four no, hours, I think that's important. I'll publish four hours. If it's 30 minutes, then I'll publish 30 minutes. So, so that was important. But he also, he does these other formats, if you will, that he throws in there regularly. The Random Show. Otherwise known as The Random Show. So these are, I didn't listen to one of them, so, but it seems to be a format where he kind of just goes all over the place. So he's got little bits of something and he pieces them together and he just calls them, the titles all start with The Random Show. And then you know this dump of a bunch of kind of short segments uh, put together into a single episode. Um, the other one he does quite regularly, he goes through spells where you'll see multiple of them, uh, even in a single month, he might do two or three. Simply called Books I've Loved. He'll talk to somebody about the books they've loved, and all of those episodes start with that. And they're usually short ones, usually no more than 30 minutes. He mixes up the format. They're not all, say, long interview style. There are these other things that he does to mix it up. I think some of this is for his own sake of his mental health. It's a lot of effort to do these long ones. You know, and I think for his audience too, these are interesting, smaller bits they can listen to. But you mentioned that he does do this over a very short period of time in the year and basically produces them. So it's he almost batches. Like, yeah, so he batches this up. Like it, this is, he all goes gung-ho for yeah. some period of time and then he tries to relax and, and travel. I mean, I think Tim yeah. Ferris lives a pretty good life, right? I think he, I, I think he work, so. yeah. I think he works hard, really hard in bursts and then and then relaxes. I mean, that yeah. seems to be what he's been able yeah. to, to do. And that but, would fit yeah. with the lifestyle I think that he's trying to promote. Yeah. Well, the way he explained it was really about wanting to do things uh, with without urgency, right? So he plans these these batches out, then they come in and they spend like a week or 10 days and they just, they crank through all of these recordings and the interviews and it could be two or three months worth of content in say a week or 10 days that they, they go through. But he does this you know, well ahead of when he needs those episodes. Cause he said, I don't ever wanna be in that situation where I'm waking up on Tuesday morning going, Oh, damn it! I gotta 
I got to have something to publish on Thursday, and I'm scrambling now to record a two-hour interview with somebody and get right. it. This is why people give up. Right? We've, we've learned. There's too yeah. much pressure if you've got to, yeah. you know, don't, again, one of the takeaways that we believe in is that, you know, yeah. do not get yourself into a schedule where you've got to produce a podcast every Thursday, every week. You yeah. will, you are just going to, this is just setting yourself up burn yourself for, fail, for failure. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to batch them up in some way, release a season, give yourself a break. I want to talk a little bit about audience because I know you and I talked a little bit about mm. this audience thing because I thought immediately that who's listening to two and a half hour things on, on yeah. by Tim Ferriss, especially when they're economists and startup uh, wellness kind of stuff. And I thought it would be mostly young men. But I, I think you did. You told me yeah. that you did some research. This has changed. And, and that surprised me. So he commented on this uh, again in that episode about you know, how we got to 700 plus million downloads and his audience has shifted. The demographic has shifted, but he, he also commented that he doesn't monitor this really at all anymore, right? That this, uh, it doesn't concern him. He doesn't try to play to any particular audience, but he has observed over the eight years that he's gone from a more male dominated (laughs) um, audience to a even split or even possibly more female than male now. So is that a, a shift in just kind of his topics, the, the choices he, he does or his guests? I, I don't know. It just he seems, didn't want to overthink it, it either. It just seems yeah. really surprising. I mean, I, if you, I would be hard-pressed to, to find another podcaster who I think starts off with you know, a, a real skewed listenership of something into the, you know, in the eighty twenty sort of uh, realm, yeah. and then over that six seven year period converts it from um, you know eighty twenty down to you know reverse where it's yeah. now only forty percent men and sixty percent women. I mean, I don't well, think those been, figures, are, but that just seems some of it may be just the surprising. market too, though, Mike. Right? It could be that more men were listening to podcasts. And so that's true. Women have discovered so that's it fair. and more so women the, are the listening. the early stages of podcasting, so, maybe that was much more representative. Maybe yeah. it was just representative of podcasting overall. Right, um, right. Yeah, I don't know. But I still think podcasting yeah. skews um, more male um, generally. I don't think we're at 50-50. Okay. We'll have to do some research on this. Yeah. But again, I thought the, the really interesting point there and his advice for people was don't worry too much about your audience other than you know your marketing spend, right? Yeah. You want to spend your marketing where your audience is, but he you know, he said you kind of want to first just put your content out there, then see who it attracts, then you know your demographic, then you go market, but you don't do it the reverse, right? You don't market to a particular demographic trying to attract them, and then try to tailor your content to that audience. He said, that's wrong. Yeah. Don't do it that way. You know, talk about what interests you and see who else it interests. Tim Ferriss is very cerebral. I think the enjoyment is that they, they have this intelligent conversation. Mm. It's more intellectual than it is just, you know, a lot of fun. And yeah. for me, I mean, I enjoy that. I, I think um, yeah. I enjoy both. But yeah. this is what you're going to get, I think, with Tim Ferriss. You're going to get a more of a of a prepared, cerebral, uh, you know, adult conversation. Yeah, about but I thought he was very real, too. He very real. He doesn't speak in big, flowery vocabulary. No, down-to-earth um, guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. down, like, again, you're having conversation with an intelligent, 
but down to earth kind of guy. I, I, I yeah. think he's a very unique individual. I think yeah. this is what makes it, you know, a winner. Yeah, no, very much. All right. Well, I think that is a wrap. So that is our review of The Tim Ferriss Show with Tim Ferriss. Next up is our review of My First Million. You do not want to miss that one, so hit the subscribe button and never miss a review. You've been listening to No Harm in Asking with Michael Kerr and Eric Byron. Thanks for listening. If you would like us to review your podcast, please let us know. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration.